I think I've found just about every way how to not run a business. And I've had a shit ton of failure in my life. And I've been very comfortable with it and been very open with it. You're listening to the Ecom Exits Podcast with your host, Nate Ginsberg. Learn the best tips and tactics to improve profits, cash flow, and maximize your e-commerce business value on the way to a successful exit. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome back podcast listeners to the Ecom Exit Show. I'm joined today by my friend, Danny McMillan, host of Seller Session Podcast. And Danny has been in the midst of a marathon value providing <laughs> series, 77 straight days of Facebook Lives to his community and his audience during this pandemic, which has been, I mean, honestly, personally, incredibly amazed and impressed. And aside from that, Danny has three businesses in the e-com space, has a, a media publishing events business, PPC agency, as well as his own product business. So Danny is one of the most connected guys in the space and just, you know, leads with adding value. Always love chatting and excited to have him on the show today. So Danny, thanks for joining us. Thank you for the, uh, the big, wonderful intro there. Cheers. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, could it continue to go on? But, uh, but yeah, like we were, you know, chatting pre pre recording and, and from the intro, I mean, man, 77 straight days of Facebook lives. What have been some of the takeaways or surprises or, you know, lessons for you from from doing that? I don't know about so much lessons. I think one thing is, is that you have to be careful when you open your big mouth like I did. So I, cause I said at the very beginning of the pandemic, see, we'd, if we dial it back just a, a quickly is that me and my family went on lockdown the week or so before the pandemic sweeps the UK, like the official lockdown. And that was because I was in Prague and I was watching absolutely everything unfolding from, uh-huh. from seeing our hotel being closed on the final day for me getting one of the final flights out of Prague to the UK on the Saturday while everyone had their flights cancelled. I was trying to help people get across the border and stuff. So took my family, said, right, we're on lockdown. Uh, my daughter, you're not going back to school, etc." So from that week, I think that was about the 15th of March, I decided, you know, we're at home now. We don't know how long we're going to be, but didn't think it'd be this long. And it's like, okay, I'm going to start doing some Facebook live, like more of them, but I'm going to do them daily. Let's do these seven days a week. And so there's two points of view here to do it. One is a selfish point of view where, you know, if you're on lockdown and you're a social person, it's nice to get out and chat with people. It keeps you momentum going, like four o'clock comes around, your adrenaline's pumping and you get through the pandemic. I think people froze, didn't they? You know? And so I knew I could sit there and speak to my team on WhatsApp and get them to do stuff. But I needed to make sure my blood was still pumping and keep going and still feel like stimulated, you know? So that forced me, there's the consistency I had to do 4 p.m. every day without foul. So that's that side of it. And that's a selfish point of view. The selfless part, selfless part, part of it is that not only when you get to speak to all these different amazing people is that you can also help the community as well. Because I knew that, you know, people are going to be hit hard by this. We're okay because we've got three businesses. So we've got diversified uh, businesses and cash flow on each business. Now with Amazon businesses, some people go right on the red in terms of their creative cash flow forecasting. So you knew that people were going to have it hard. 
people weren't going to have any money or anything so or money to spend available and i thought it'd be important that if we can carry on getting the content out there and engaging the community gives them inspiration to keep pushing on their their business and so we added extra content like especially things like mindset sunday where we talked about health issues we talked about fear we talked about you know just going for it you know offense versus defense we talked about narcissism and different types of people and you know food we talked about digital detox and there's so many different things mental health issues and i brought in mental health practitioners and what happened i get two lots of types of messages so i get people like this is incredible privately they, you know, you go in day in, day out. Thank you. It's helped my business. I was struggling, etc. And then there are people with mental health issues, which has obviously had a compound effect on people being locked down. I mean, you've seen domestic violence and stuff go up and being a kid from a, originally from a council estate who now lives in a village where he overlooks farmland. I know my mental health is great in comparison to those people living in a tower block on the 15th floor and may have been furloughed or lost their job, you know? So it's very important to me is that benefits me, it stimulates me, it's healthy for me, it gives me a consistency. And while I'm at it, why not help the community as well? And then when we come out of this, you know, people hopefully remember some of the, the groundwork and the foundations you laid down, do you know what I mean? I'm not looking to sell to people or anything through this. This is like if I benefit, you can benefit by looking over my shoulder effectively. They're the key things out of it. The other thing was being raw. So like everything stayed in, you know, even when we went offline and like we had a, even the other day, they had a power cut in the village. So I went offline and, and Sharon and Kian are still going and then UPS knocked at Kian's door. So he got up and answered the door and that's part of the fun, you know, cause it's raw, it's live. I've had people oh. where a cat's hanging from a bookcase upside down and we're speaking to a person, you know, I can see that over their shoulder. I've seen men with stripped to the waist, you know, like no top on in the background, walking around with babies. And it's, it, it's just, it's funny, you know, and the, and the comment section is funny. And so I think what happened, it, it was able to work with pure raw honesty as well. So people coming back day after day and they see it as their daily ritual as well. And um, yeah, it just, there's, there's a lot of great things that come out of it, but it was very exhausting. Yeah. So, so what have been, you know, some of the like biggest learnings or takeaways or from this experience, like what have, what have been some of the things that you've pulled from it? I suppose what I pulled from it is again, goes back to that thing of consistency. I think me doing that every day kept me motivated everywhere else. Yeah, because I think one of, one of the things for me is like I'm not motivated. Even though I'm an entrepreneur, I'm not motivated by money. The worst thing you can do is wave a check under my nose because I'm not interested. I have to have meaning behind something. So when you're in the middle of a pandemic, you're looking at, well, what, what do you do? And it's very easy to slip into that three days go past, you don't do nothing and you lose momentum. So for me, it was about maintenance of, of momentum and carry on physically and emotionally working well each day knowing that i had a commitment to others so eventually after a while what happens is when you get all those really lovely kind private messages on facebook and emails and stuff keep up the good work you then feel responsible to keep going 
So if you don't show up, then you've let others down. And I think that's one of my crutches is that I don't like to let people down and I like to give people my word. Does that make sense? That was one of the the main things that kept things uh, going on that side. And I think it was good for me overall and my businesses. Well, glad to hear that. And I mean, like I said, from the beginning as an innocent bystander and, and also as a, you know, content creator, producer, incredibly impressed by the, you know, it's, I know how hard it is, you know, getting a couple podcasts out a week and, uh, you know, every day and, you know, at the same time. So who have been some of your, uh, your favorite guests or the favorite conversations? Like what, what topics have been, uh, you know, the most interesting for you? I think, you know, out of all of it, even though it's like a more Amazon related podcast, my favorite day of the week is Mindset Sunday, when we literally go everywhere and you see people in the comments and their reactions to what's said. I mean, the fact that you can talk about narcissism, like in people and in business and how to deal with that and setting boundaries, and that's way beyond the normal realms of discussion, you know, talking about mental health in terms of, you know, people on lockdown, how that's affecting them and people being raw and very open about that as well. And even down like to health issues, you know, I had um, Paul Harvey on and me and Paul have our differences in terms of our health issues, but not everyone knows what it takes for us to get up every day and operate. It's like there's a, a ritual in place, like for someone who's got SIBO, Lyme disease and mold, you, I suffer from brain fog and fatigue. And I'll probably work 30 to 40% of my capacity in, in most cases. And then the brain fog could get very severe. Now, someone like Paul has multiple sclerosis and a speech impediment. So he has a ritual to go through on a daily basis. So when, when you think you're in a pandemic, you're all the entrepreneurs and taking risks already. But then the disadvantage you have over others is that with people that have good health and this is why they say your health is your wealth and and me and Paul agree is like if you could solve all your health problems we'd pretty much give every penny of what we got in the bank to solve those health issues because ultimately you know how to get all that money back anyway but you only get one life one positive aspect of health does that make sense so I'm like if someone said to me Dan tomorrow here is the answer to the brain fog it will never come back again and you're in perfect health give me your house and the contents of your bank accounts I'd give it to them because I know within two years again I'll be up again because I've had that knowledge base plus I'll be working at higher frequency capacity mental clarity and everything else so I think what's come out of that is the the fact is you know we we work um we all work in an industry. You've got this Instagram lifestyle, you know, I'm not saying it's fake, but people always want to put their best foot forward, right? Mm -hmm. You know, no one, you know, people want to show abs on Instagram. They don't want to show their floppy belly. True. You want to show your best side, you know, right. people will use filters for a reason. Maybe they don't have any makeup uh -huh. on for, you, you see where I'm coming from. But what we've done is, is that I think brutal open honesty, people are like, yeah, look, this is real. And I think COVID has made all of that real for people as well. So I think hopefully that's also um, changed people's perspective on having to maybe fake it before you make it or put on a show. There's nothing wrong with not being a, a seven or an eight figure seller because you could be a seven, you could be a seven figure seller with 400 grand of toxic debt or a six figure mm -hmm. sell, seller with lots of profit and selling essential goods. Does that make sense? So it's, it, you've got to look at like, all sides of the spectrum. And I think that open honesty has made a big difference.
Yeah, man. Well, uh, I totally agree that success, it's a combination of a lot of things, or, I mean, I don't even know, you know, success is, you know, the, the, the right word to use, but, but, you know, it's not, it, success certainly is not high top line revenue. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and I know something that we've spoken about, you know, and I know agree over the years is, you know, bottom line over top line and, you know, yeah, like you said, like there can be a business. I mean, I was, I was chatting with a, a friend, um, or a mutual friend actually, uh, just, you know, yesterday about, he was looking at a, um, um, an eight figure business that hmm. uh, is not profitable and, yeah. you know, was looking at it as, you know, trying to see like a, a turnaround situation. And this is, you know, this business does, it does $10 million in sales, but you know, it's, it's not profitable. And, you know, my, my friend's conclusion and he's a, you know, smart experience kind of guy was just like, it's actually not a good opportunity here. And so, yeah, you know, that, that focus on holistically, whether it's, you know, business health, not just sales, but profitability and bottom line as well. And just business, uh, health, wealth, relationships, play, I think are all, uh, you know, pillars for, for a successful life. And, and, and I think it's, it's cool that you've been able to, you know, cover a, a, a wide range of topics. And so, so some stuff, uh, you know, curious from, you know, speaking to every expert probably, you know, in the industry, what would your advice be to, you know, Amazon sellers from, you know, all of the, all of the insight that you've kind of, you know, been able to get from talking to the best people, like, you know, what's working right now, or, you know, what's the, what's the strategy for, for successful sellers uh, for, for 2020? Without it sounding cheesy, but mindset there, you know, like I spoke to Lee Rand Hirschkorn about this and others and said it openly on the show. That first week of the pandemic, having free businesses, I had to make a lot of informed decisions and tough ones as well. But I decided once I've made all of those decisions, any of the cuts, the changes and everything else, is we're going to double down. Whilst everyone's on defense, we're going on offense. So we went mm-hmm. aggressive. But that comes down to your mindset. It's like my accountant came to me with like, well, just my last accountant, internally there were some shuffles. So I met Mel. She's uh, taken over my free businesses. And she asked me, do I want to furlough anyone? And if anyone knows that in the UK, it means that the government covered the costs up to 80% and then the, the employer has a choice of adding the extra 20 if they want to. So that was the, you've got different government bonds over in the US, of course. And so like, I said, no, there is absolutely no chance. I'm not allowing myself to think like that. I'll just create more services and products if I need to, which I haven't had to, and just been aggressive with what we've got already in terms of the agency and stuff like that. We've got three types of income. The struggle is with the Amazon business, and this is why people diversify their risk. Because some people might go, and I don't do courses, but people go, why is that seven-figure seller, blah, 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 selling courses? Well, it's obvious because you haven't got all the inventory costs and that noose around your neck. You know, at any one time, some, someone could be having 250, 300 grand, if not more, in stocks in, in Amazon, and then they have an attack on their account and get taken out the game. Boom, right. overnight, you're gone. Your whole team and everything. What do you do? Mm-hmm. So you've got to diversify your risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic when it's going right but what do you do if it doesn't and i think that's been some of the biggest problems that sellers have had to face i think coming out this thing this old instagram thing as well you've got to be careful because it's like you get this badge of honor to become a seven-figure seller but don't do it at any cost do it when it's right do it because it's profitable do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. don't do it because of 
prestige. Like you, we focus on our cash flow and what we have in the bank. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's really, you know, great advice and is stuff that I, you know, often, often preach as well. And in and, and a couple examples, just to, you know, recent examples to illustrate the points that you were making. So we have uh, one business that, that we work with that uh, some months during the, you know, I think they're, they're normally, they were doing, you know, 150 K or something a month. So, you know, solid, solid business, but yeah. you know, I think in April they might've done like 600,000, like it was, it was crazy and up and then, and multiple hundred thousands in, in profit and just, you know, really, you know, crushing it fast forward. And this is like very recently, the last few weeks, like it's kind of been a, a series of unfortunate events and, and they, you know, some of their products, they weren't able to sell on it. You know, there was some issues with the types of products and they weren't being able to be sold anymore and demand then died, you know, died down. And like all of a sudden, you know, like a month after doing 600 K in sales, it's like, you know, cash flow crunch, you know, this, this happens. And I mean, it's, it's easy to forget about that when things are going well, but you know, the, the reality is like, you gotta diversify. I think it really means like, you know, is diversification is really the key. And, you know, like you, I'm, I'm a partner in a, in a, a handful of different businesses that are all profitable and I'll provide cash flow, And, you know, n- none of them are yet to do, you know, 600 K a month, uh, you know, but but yeah, but they're also like more protected from, you know, dropping down 50%, you know, month by month and, and you know, kind of put into some challenges there. And so what is your advice to, to sellers that want to diversify? I mean, is it get into some courses or is it diversify off of Amazon or yeah, what, what would you... Well, there's, uh, there's a couple of approaches, but it doesn't affect, uh, it doesn't help with... If, you're, if you stay in the product business, it's always going to come down to cash flow, payment terms, and uh, inventory. Yeah? So you can diversify off Amazon and then sell in stores, but then have uh, 60 day net terms or 30 days, whatever it may be. So again, it comes to cash flow, also comes to risk, comes to products, right? To give you an example, like our free businesses. So we've got the Amazon business, which is your compound interest rate, which is like, you know, your mortgage money. If you affect them, you make your money once you sell the business. All the services that provide for your business makes the money while you're running the business, if that makes sense. So let's go over to the service side. So we've got an agency with 25 or so clients. It's basically, effectively, it's like a subscription model. As long as the churn rate is maintained and low, then you've got the same amount of income, predictable income coming on on a regular basis, uh, unless, of course, you have an exodus and they leave. But generally, you know where you are with your cash every single month. Yeah. And then your overhead is determined by the technology that you have and the team that you have and their costs. The conference businesses, the same thing again. There's sponsorship revenue that comes in from those. There's the events, there's the side events that take place, you know, the like the workshops and things like that. So there's still risk involved in that. And then depending on where they are throughout the year, you're going to get pockets of cash as long as they are successful. So effectively, I have three business models but within the same world. I'm not into stocks and shares, know nothing about that, nor am I into properties. I don't buy long-term investments like that. I invest in businesses and people, yeah? And it's everything I do is associated. I've stayed at the course game, not interested in doing that. 
but yeah, people can get into digital products. Like some of our clients are killing it with uh, drop shipping. Obviously there's been a change now with air shipping and the costs have gone up and stuff and it can be a boom and bust cycle. But if you really dialed in your Facebook ads and you're doing that, then that one way people making money, obviously the obvious stuff that people are selling courses and things like that. But I think in that game is very, very fierce. So then what you got to look at is that, well, what do I do with the cash left over from my Amazon business? Do I keep reinvesting those into products or do I take something out of those businesses and build for the long term? So people might start investing in portfolio of properties. Some people will go and do stocks and shares or some will do like forms of angel investing. So one of the things I want to get into, which I haven't done, is I don't know nothing about stocks and shares, but I think I know a lot about people and I want to invest in entrepreneurs where we can wrap a business around them. So they they have the expertise and then we wrap the team around. And I've done it before where you, you can work on a percentage basis. I've done that for eight to 10 years and built someone in a uh, construction industry. It works to a point. But yeah, I'm just looking at different things like, I can't run all of these ships and run, you know, like lead them. I think that's what you get to a point where you run out of capacity to lead on more and more businesses. So you need more people a bit like you who can go out and do the rainmaking. Does that make sense? So I'm looking as of next year to invest in other businesses, but they, they all start small. Like with all of my recent businesses started with less than 5,000 pounds. So the Amazon business started with less than £5,000 and eventually we, we threw in about ten or fifteen k there. The agency was a director's loan, which was paid back almost instantly. That was 3200 And then when we started the conference business, because you can literally do a lot of stuff where you, all your, your costs are at the end. You know, like for instance, you can book five or six grand's worth of hotels for the speakers, but then you pay that on the day. Yeah, so you don't need that. And like venues, you just put a small deposit down, catering and stuff. So with that business, I think we started Seller Sessions Live with about £1,800 and we've done the rest on cash flow. So I like to invest in stuff where there's not massive outlay, but you put the right people in the right chairs or you're doing it yourself and then you grow it slowly up from there. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, really been where, where my head's been at as well in uh, the last few years. You know, after selling my physical products brand, I uh, have really gotten more. And, and now, I mean, the most of my you know, current businesses and, and income comes from, you know, agencies and services. And it's, you know, more stable, consistent. It's less sexy top line numbers. But, but yeah, you know, I mean... I think stable and consistent is, is good. I was, going to get, I was going to throw just an idea out there if people want to look into it, and I don't know what the rules are in the US. But if you think of things like uh, here in the UK, you, we call them car parks or multi-story car parks in all these different uh, towns. You know, someone works, sits at a desk, there's CCTV, you own the, you've got groundworks and stuff to do. But generally, it's like a really boring and dull business. But if you've got a busy town and your car parks fall all the time, like post-COVID, that could be quite a good little investment. But it's not something that you want to shout about. <laughs> it's just like a concrete block where it stores cars for the day. But it could be a good idea for people to invest in. It's yeah, safe, I mean, generally. You can watch. You can see what kind of how busy the town is, etc. Look at mm. the car parks. I, you know, and then even if you built one or don't know all the, all the planning, but that's something I wanted to look into for a while, happy to give up that idea 
very boring. But if it's full, it's predictable income. Low overheads in terms of staff. What are you going to do? You're going to pay someone 10, 15, 20 bucks an hour on watch, basically, sitting there watching a CCTV. It's not mm-hmm. really much to do after that, apart from maintenance, you know, maybe some permits. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that actually was uh, the, the question that I was going to ask you is like, what opportunities are like, if you were looking to get into a new business or, you know, future opportunities, like what, what kind of things do you think, what, what do you think would be interesting? Well, I have a process first. Like I say no to 99% of everything I do, because I wouldn't get what I need to get done. So I have to be disciplined there. So the, my criteria, it doesn't matter what it is, as long as it meets these three things. If I'm doing it, right? And it's not an investment, but if I'm doing it, for me, it has to make meaning, yeah? For me to get up in the morning, I have to enjoy the process and I have to make money. So make meaning, it has to make me happy, and it has to make money at some point. It doesn't have to be today or tomorrow. And it has to be in that order. I don't think about making money then happy later. I have to enjoy the process and I have to have a reason to get out of bed. It's very hard for me to get um, excited about money. I have to get excited about the meaning and the mission behind it. Does that make sense? And, and that's the way I operate. Now, that's not standard for an entrepreneur. They'll probably say, Dan, you're a shit entrepreneur because you've got to focus on the money and blah, 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 and you know, return on investment and work for investors. But I always look at the value proposition first and I'll think about everything I do long term. And so mm-hmm. far, it's paid dividends for me. I mean, I think that's you know, great advice and you know, focusing on the long term and, and looking at long term games with, with long term people. I think yes. is the, that's the way to, to long-term success. And it's, it's one thing to like launch and rank a product and all of a sudden you're, you know, making hundreds of sales a day, but you know, uh, how long is that going to last? It's, you know, these things, it's, it's unclear. And, you know, there's so much that's out of your control, focusing on things that, you know, that you can control, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. And, and really what I think, uh, one of the things that I admire about you is you know who you are, you know what's important and you know where you're going. And I think something that entrepreneurs, myself included, uh, you know, struggle with is, you know, shiny object or there's always a new opportunity. And I guess, you know, speaking, uh, you know, broadly, you know, people have their, their business or they're doing this, but then they learn about something else or they, they see some friend that's having success doing this. And, and it's, it's easy to get distracted. And um, just speaking from my own personal experience, I'm the happiest, like, and I've, I've thought a lot about, I mean, as, as you have of like, what, what's important and what direction I want to be going in. And when I stay consistent with that, I, I, I make progress and I feel good about the progress that I'm going or that I'm, that I'm making. And when I, you know, get distracted or go down other rabbit holes, I mean, it usually doesn't work out and it's, you know, I'm, I'm not making pro like I've, I've identified the direction that I want to be going in. And when I stick with that, I feel good. <laughs> and you know, when I don't is, is when you run into problems. And so, so yeah, I think that's really good advice and good advice and, and, and admirable to, you know, know what you want and just keep on that path. Well, I think also it comes down to is age, right? I'm 44, but I think I've found just about every way how to not run a business. And I've had a shit ton of failure in my life. And I've been very comfortable with it and been very open with it. And I think it's like rabbit in eight mile. He ate, you know, you can eight mile yourself. You know how he took the play away from the other MC because he knew he was going to trash him anyway. So rabbit turned it on him and he had nothing to say there. And I think being transparent, being open, one, it's liberating. 
Two, you don't have to wear a mask. And I think one of the heaviest things to carry for people is to have a mask. Do you know what I mean? Fake it before mm. you make it. Pretend everything's mm. good. I'm not talking about being miserable. Oh, I'm a failure and all that kind of stuff. You have to need to have the right mindset. But the way I see things is like, what is the worst that can happen? I've been to the stage where I've lost businesses. I've lost two of my children who passed away all in like a two-year period. And there's nothing worse on the planet than burying one, but two of your children and going to their funeral. There isn't anything worse. So, so the way I see it is that what is the worst that can happen? So have a plan, go with your conviction. Obviously, you're going to need a bit of money in the bank and stuff as well to execute. But um, expect that there's going to be a lot of failure along the way. But don't have failure where it literally takes you out the game. I think Naval podcast is a great podcast to check out as well. The guy is an absolute genius. He was talking about that in the podcast. Like, you know, you've got to have a good mindset, but you've got to avoid fatality, i.e. you companies that do illegal stuff in their businesses and, and wasting money as well. Mm. But there is nothing wrong with a trying something and, and being able to come back from it. And this goes to the bets thing again. You know, when I said like three grand here, five grand there, that's not going to hurt me. But 300 grand might. Does that make sense? So you take a punt on the business and it pans out and you've got a seller sessions live. You've got sponsors. You get year two sold out in advance. I know it's not taking place yet, but in January, we sold out the event. We didn't put the cart before the horse or horse before the cart, etc. But it just come down to is being convicted by your actions. Look at what there is and making those bets, but expect to, to foul or it not to come out your way, but don't allow that to be fatal. Well, I think that's uh, really, you know, it's good, sound, long-term advice that, uh, you know, it's, it's not the sexy stuff that, you know, I think people a lot of times are, are looking for, but it's, it's the real stuff and it's what's going to give you that success that's, you know, not just this year, but next year and, and you know, for a career. And so, Danny, want to uh, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on. I want to leave an uh, audience and with, if you had, you know, one tip, for mm-hmm. for sellers and i know we've we've talked about we've covered uh, a lot of really good things but you know what would be your your number one tip for sellers that want to do this for the long term and, and have success for the long term easy consumable products because then when you diversify or if you diversify off amazon down other channels especially when you build your own website the fatal mistake amazon's sellers do is they designed their business to be on amazon and they may sell spatulas, for, for example. No one's going to come back on a monthly basis to buy those spatulas. Sell consumable goods, right? Because then also what happens is you can build in the long-term value of the customer in your customer acquisition costs. So you might lose money on the first purchase, but gain second, third, fourth. So I would say if you can, with the current climate that we're in now, think about if there was to be a pandemic in the future, solve a problem sell something that's essential and make it consumable. Some more, more good advice and uh, I think great thing to, uh, to leave us with. So Danny, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, last, please, yeah, share with the audience where they can find out more about you, your podcast, your events, or you know, anything that they can um, to, uh, get in contact. Yeah, if everyone just heads to the sellersessions.com, just redeveloped 
the site by the time this podcast goes out. The the new version will be out. That will show all of our events that are coming up. Like Seller Sessions Live is now moved to October the 3rd. We've got Seller Poll launching again, year two, the award show in August. And uh, yeah, and we're going to hit number 500 of the podcast in the next week or so. Man, congrats on getting all that out there and, uh, you know, and, and really thank you for everything that you do to uh, support and encourage the community. Hope we can meet up somewhere, sometime, someplace, you know, when, when that stuff's all, all happening well, again. We're, we're, we're trying to make that happen at the moment with this whole COVID thing. We're putting effectively for October, it's like two events, the COVID safe one and one in the real world. So we're doing, we're looking at masks, we're looking at sanitizers, we're looking at social distancing within the building. We're looking at building a stage set if we can't fly the speakers in. So they come on massive screens directly uh, from their studios and their home to present. And we're looking at the options for social distancing in the uh, after drinks after and, and kind of create an experience there. It'll be like a normal event, but we're, we're trying. Does that make sense? Uh, so I need to get yeah. out of the house. I'm sure you do as well. I'm looking uh, forward to getting out and seeing people again. Yeah, well, cheers, man. Uh, looking forward to, to that as well. Cool. Take care. Thank you. This has been the Ecom Exits podcast with Nate Ginsberg. If you're enjoying the Ecom Exits podcast, show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. This will help other smart entrepreneurs find us. We appreciate your support. We have a new episode every week on the Ecom Exits podcast. So catch you next time.